0: Father, thank you for this evening once again. It's always a real privilege to stay in your presence to learn. We have not come to reflect on this subject because we are wiser, but because you are showing us a side of you which we have not seen before. Because you know that if we can see this side of you, it's going to better our relationship with you. Father, we are grateful. But Father, as you come to the table to learn and to see that which you want us to see about you, Father, we plead that our eyes will be open to everything we need to see. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I will bless God for this time again to study. Um, the Lord has really been opening doors of ministering, has been showing us things from His words. And whenever the Lord Himself begins to open the doorways into spiritual matters, it's because He has something in store for us to feed on so that our relationship with him can have a better shape than it used to be hallelujah now for some times now the lord had been progressively guiding us on some critical issues in our work with him um last week all through we consider The grace of God, and uh, we took a look at it. That grace is an offer God gave to a man in order to make him escape impending punishment that he is due to receive because of his failure. So it is God bargaining with a man in order to give that man an offer that will be favorable to him. We also. Mentioned that grace means the influence upon the earth and there we were able to challenge us that We have come to come to the place in our walk with God. where our earth our mind is stoned on God that nothing at all uh, Distract us and I know we also mentioned that grace is what you do not deserve Which is unmerited favor it is um, God's ability to overlook our wrongs so then from there we move on to rest the blessing of the cross and there we took um, a look at the books of hebrews and uh we consider the fact that there is a rest for the people of god and there we mentioned that it's not god's intention that the new creatures will labor to have a breakthrough all we have to do is to align ourselves to see what god wants to do and key into it it is by keying into what god wants to do to do that is when we find rest um that was that on that that was that on that so today we want to look at righteousness um god's righteousness to be very specific the righteousness of god and we are going to look at a number of scriptures my, the issue is that hey, we have a lot of scriptures that um afraid we will not be able to go through. i very frank. We can't even exhaust what we have here. We have so many issues the Lord wants us to address on the righteousness of God. Uh, that we can't exhaust it in this teaching. But we pray that the Lord will give us grace to be able to go further in Presenting this matter, but then if we don't get anything, we have to get this. There are four objectives for this study four things. And if at all, as you begin to receive instructions from God, you missed your way. These four things should be your target. Hallelujah! You should guard your earth. To receive what the Lord wants to give to us. So the objective of this course. Number one. We are doing this study in order to call. You to develop a stronger faith in God. By staking your life on his promises. God had not failed. You are not the first person that will deal with him all the angels in heaven are being with God for billions of years and up to eternity they keep shouting holy holy righteous are your judgment and that's why i want to look at what that term righteousness means we have been told it's not right doing and we believe that we have been told it's not be morally balanced or be morally stable Or being rational. We know all of this. But there is something I have not actually seen people mention. Which I want to portray by this righteousness. And we have a lot of things to look at. But the goal at the end of this description is that you can develop an uncompromising trust in God that come me if the mountains are cast into the ocean nothing can shift your aim on God even if your health fails, what do you think will make Job to lose all he has all his investments including his family what he esteemed so dearly he lost them all and what was his attitude about his head and this is a man who has found out that the odds around you cannot be the best way to judge God's commitment to you and that reminds me of one of the philosophical mates. it was said that a senior angel and a junior angel went to the house of a poor man and when they got there the poor man actually host them and when they were leaving in the morning the poor man who hosted them begins to cry what had happened he has lost the biggest ram in his farm and that was a great loss so he was weeping it he was crying then the younger angel asked the bigger angel why did we come to visit this poor person and you cannot protect his animal and the stronger angel asked "Said look you were mourning for other animals but if you know what actually went wrong behind the scene actually the angel of death was not coming for the animal was coming for his Facebook but, but i had to give the animal in place then when they left that poor man they went to the house of the wealthy man in the city and the man took them and kept them in one of the most untidy room in his house then in the middle of the night the senior angel had to take some cement and plaster the wall. then the younger angel asked why you helping this man to plaster but the other man over there you killed you allowed the animal to be killed the younger the senior angel replied he said what you don't know was that this place i'm plastering. i am not plastering this man had more wealth he should have entertained us in a more serene environment than this he entertained us and here he kept us is where he kept his goal so i am sealing the the the, the, the access he has to his goal so that things are not working around you, it does not mean that god is not faithful so number two thing we want to do by this study is uh we want to prove to you i want to prove to you by all standard that god is ever dependable and he is dependable because he is faithful there are proofs and testimonies and as a matter of fact if god did not feel people who had gone ahead of us before we came on board he would not fail us either so we can become we can rest in the faithfulness of god in the faithfulness of god we can feed on this faithfulness. That nothing whatsoever, if the mountains are cast into the sea, if the world tumbles, if there are earthquakes, and everything you have amassed for years melts off in a tinkle of an hour. <laughs> if what you so much esteem, maybe something so dear to you, Sleep off your hand. despatch your struggle to getting it back from slippery. And if you eventually sleep, what would be your attitude? Will you grumble or worship like Job? There are a lot of things to see in the righteousness of God. One thing is to see God's faithfulness in his righteousness. Another thing to see is his dealings with you. Are he deals with you? That you don't merit what he does for you. He does it because he loves you, because that is who he is. You don't woo God, you don't ask God, you don't bribe or influence God's opinion. David tried it, he fasted for days, for seven days, and the son he was fasting over died. God does it because that is his delight. We're going to discuss that in our forthcoming camp meeting. The delight of the Father. We don't call God. We don't receive things on the basis of faith. The rest assured that whatever we are due of, He will give it to us. He's our Father. All we have to do is to speak with Him over those things. Hallelujah. The third thing we are going to see, or that is our focus. We want to understand the implications of being the righteousness of God. Now, we've seen the righteousness of God. God is righteous now. By the term the righteousness of God, we want to see God's faithfulness. God's pattern of dealing, who God is. Because it is by God's righteousness we are able to grasp who He is his behavioral pattern his values his culture his norm how he behaves how he talks how he's so consistent i can do everything to keep his covenant to generations even for those who don't know about it that's the kind of god we serve that if you can so stay with him are you caught a deal with him although we don't have a deal to call with him christ have done it all for us but we are so consistent with our work with him god can be so faithful that when he post is blessing upon us and we can make our children to be aligned to what we have received that flow flows to them so god is faithful he's righteous and we're going to see that now that god becomes righteous he is who he is you know actually when god told moses i am i sent you tell them i am that i am that what i am that i am it's righteous because the greek word for righteousness means dikaiosune and dikaiosune means to be who you ought to be a person who is in state of what he needs to be and that way to expressing it being who you want to be i am that i am so when god tells moses god eh, was not crazy to present a powerful god who helped abraham he wants to present his nature and every generation if there's anything god wants to present if there's any side of him god wants to present first not the powerful side of him not even the glamorous side of him it is the most consistent of him which is his nature who he is And even we even being humans, we relate on the basis of that. Before you can connect, or you can call somebody your friend, or you can flow along with somebody, you first want to understand what kind of a person you are relating with. It. You are relating with. It. So when God comes presenting himself by the revelation of himself to us, the first thing he wants to show us is that he is a righteous, a faithful, a God with integrity. That is on the side, but now by implication, we want to see what it means that now we have seen the righteousness of God. Because Apostle Paul makes us understand in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that is that it is in the gospel, the righteousness of God, that is who God is is revealed. The NLT says that it is in the gospel God at the middle to write with him, because the gospel is God at work. so if the gospel of christ actually reveals god then in the gospel we got to know that god admits us who he is actually the James version says that he admits us we are now is the righteousness that is we are now who god is then we have to see the implication of this righteousness how does this affect my relationship with god how should i see myself as a result of this that's very key So we want to see the implication of you being God's righteousness. That is, be who He is. So that we can live a life that glorifies Him. A life that exemplifies Him. A life that epitomizes Him. And as a matter of fact, one of the things God is looking for is to seek for for men that will represent Him rightly. But before we can represent Him, we we must replicate Him. We must be in his fashion. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty six to twenty eight. God said, let us create man in our own image, after our likeness. The word likeness there can be read after our righteousness. In in, in 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 our own fashion, as we are. And it is very necessary to study this because in really men fall, we have lost that image of him. We are. Hallelujah. And the fourth thing that's our focus in this study we want to see the fact that God cares. We have a lot of scriptures, very learned scriptures, very learned through the book of Psalms. And it's Christ Jesus Himself that is actually turning my eyes to Psalms. Because in Luke chapter 24, the word of God says that he took the apostle through the Psalms to show them things concerning Himself. And since Christ is God, he's in the image of God, is the express image, the, the revealed image, the manifested image of God, the brightness of his glory. And it says that the Psalms we are written about them, we've got to go back to the Psalms to find out what the Bible said about God. his righteousness, so that we can relate with Him. So these studies to help to enhance our relationship with God that we can trust Him. We can take our life all out without any fear. We can be confident that if we trust our life in the hands of God, we can't lose it. Little one that Christ said, anyone that struggles to save his life, we lose it. Because no man can appropriate, can maximize, can make the most use of life in his own efforts. So the best way we can live is to hand our life over to him that cares. So God cares. Why will you lock yourself indoors and start crying and start weeping over your piling bees and the threads and... Um, the things you need to attend to and then you don't have resources enough relax you got the father we are not orphans and god is not a runaway god he loves us he's the responsible father that takes care christ thought he said if you've been evil could learn how to give good gifts to your children How much not shall sure your father So we will not just see God as God or we see him as the father, not as a, as a demanding father or as a boss who is demanding what he does not do himself. We are going to see him as a loving father, the one that cares. And not just that, that he has put everything in place for you to endure. All you've got to do is to position yourself. And we position ourselves in the place of prayers finding out the will of god in the place of fellowship and that was why in the previous study we have spoken on the fellowship with the son of god first corinthians chapter one verse nine states he said god is faithful by whom hallelujah it is true we are called into the fellowship of the son so whatever relationship we have now was a divine initiation It was not our own orchestration. And we can so rest, we can so rely on these deals because it was not just an initiation that we crashed. It's an initiation that God had to take his integrity over. All through the book of Psalms, you saw the integrity of God in dealing with people. Hallelujah. Now, let me state my strategy for the study before we begin to look at it. We've not even started. I just want to understand the background, which is very key. I have a strategy. By the strategy or the approach I want to adopt in this study, first we are going to look at the etymology of righteousness. We're going to look at righteousness as a concept. Then after that, we are going to Look at it from context of the scriptures. How the word is used in the scriptures. We will not just take it topically. When I went through my Bible searching for the righteousness of God, I think that word is used predominantly in the epistles. So, we want to take a look at what that word means in context and we're going to look at the the content of scriptures too on righteousness then another thing we are going to do we are going to look at righteousness topically as it is used by lexem, or through scriptures and then finally we we'll do a comparative studies and what makes this discussion to be very essential, mind-blowing, is the fact that when I was comparing scriptures, the New Testament scriptures and the Old Testament, I saw that most of the things that apostle wrote, they wrote from the New, they wrote from the Old Testament, primarily from the Psalms. They quoted extensively from the psalms and most of the things they submitted to us in the epistles are just summary so if the bank of wealth the holy ghost gave them revelation from is the book of the psalms then we can feed on it but when i go there i saw that there are a lot of scriptures lending scriptures that describes god not by using the word righteousness but by his dealings hallelujah so we are going to do a comparative study of scriptures primarily we are going to look at the psalms progressively and then we are going to look at the pieces hallelujah hallelujah okay now let's just start before we look at the righteousness of god itself you have got to understand what righteousness means and from the greek word righteousness means dikaiou dikaiosune in a broad sense is used to express the state of a person as he ought to. A man in his original nature. A man not yet counterfeited. A man that had not been defiled. A man that is only complete. Unadulterated. Hallelujah. Dick A That's what righteousness means. In another sense, it can also mean the conditions accepted and acceptable to God. It can also mean the doctrine, the teaching concerning the way in which a man may attain a state approved by God. That is righteousness. So from these three meanings Righteousness means the correct person The real person So when I say the righteousness of God I'm talking about the reality of God Not even the reality of God The real God How God is It was 1st John chapter 4 that says that As he is so we are So as he is is his righteousness Who he is Hallelujah. It's character inclusive. It's norm. It's behavioral pattern. In another sense, the word righteousness means integrity, virtue, attributes. It also means the purity of life, rightness, the correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting meanwhile in a narrower sense it also means justice and justice means fairness so when we say the righteousness of god we are talking about the fairness of god god as he is we are, not just going to, we are not just going to be focusing on God as he is. We are going to be looking at the man as he ought to be. And as God had made him in his own righteousness. Because we became the righteousness of God. And what is actually giving us a, a, a spectrum, a scope, to see into who God is, is because God has been revealed to us. Philip told Christ, hey, read, show all the Father. And this Sophie... That for all that this this is enough for us. And Christ replied to him in John chapter fourteen that have I been so much with you and you've not seen the Father. In other words, when we see Christ, we see the Father. And Christ said, Look, my being much or you being much around me reveals who I am. In that John chapter 14, verse 20, he said, I am in God, God is in me, and we are one. And one you will come into us, and you know that we are one. So, God has been revealed, He's not a God behind the scene, He wants to be known. Ephesians chapter 4, I can't mention the verse, 15, verse 16 or so. I think from 11, it says, He gave some pastors some. Teachers, some evangelists, some prophets, some evangelists, for the work of the ministry, for the defying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith to so the knowledge of the Son of God. Now the word knowledge there means epignosis, and epignosis means the experiential dealing, acute times with the Son of God. So God's goal is that we come to know who He is as He is. And that was why i said that what god told moses when he told him i am that i am means that god is revealing himself as he is not as he has been described or as i've been perceived and that was one of the consequences of man's deprivation there was a shift in the way he, he he can and he perceives god and that was the beginning of the fall The serpent told the woman, he said, he said, Madam, the day you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. Now, what does that tell us? The devil had to paint God that God was a liar. That actually God knew something. He was trying to hide away from her. And that begins to, to all times Eve's conception of God. And maybe that was why Adam would not even argue when the woman presented the fruits later. That what that man told you is questionable. He knows that. If you know that, he is not what he claims he is. We are going to be like he is. Meanwhile, they are like he is. And God is who he is. But when the image of God and his likeness was misrepresented, man lost his ground. And that was just in generational past. Even right away, if we don't come into the consciousness of who God is, that He is the I Am. He is as He is. And will seem to be a faithful father. Hmm. We will not appropriate our work with Christ. We will not maximize the inheritance we have in God. We will not explore of God. We will be scared sometimes. We will struggle with him over issues. Why do you think Abraham will have all the effort to sacrifice the son he had waited for for 25 years? Mama, even more than 25 years. He got Isaac at 100 and was age 13. God spoke to him. That is about 30 something years. And he will not give a damn to sacrifice that man. That is a man that knows who he's working with i am that i am hallelujah righteousness i first want to clarify this term righteousness that is god as he is it is being as you should be so when you say a righteous man that word is used to describe a man that he is as it should be in other words by the expectancy of the society in other words a man can look at another and say that is righteous if what he does matches the expected values of his community so in the narrative we are going to see the justice of god we're going to look at the virtue which gives each man is due. Hallelujah. So, in essence, righteousness is a value system. The behavioral pattern of a person. It is the accepted behavior. The norm of a person, which is considered reasonable and acceptable. The manner, the attributes, the character. The habits found consistent to the person. It includes his words. You know, there are people we can't just get along with. We say they are not person of their words. Maybe they tell you, I'm going to do this for you. And they disappointed you. Or you both agreed, okay, let's do this thing at this time. And when you start running after them, you start calling them to tell you I'm coming, I'm come and they won't come. You see that person is not a person of integrity. What he demonstrated is his nature. Who he is. He has cultured that bad habit. That is his righteousness. Meanwhile, righteousness can also mean rightness. But there's no rightness without the rightness of being. not a thing that discipline does there must be a spiritual surgery god would have to take away the old man to bring about the righteous person so we can have the behavior of a man of an object of an animal at their righteousness like a dog barks how tedious would it be to change a dog from being a dog to a bed or how, how much effort would it consume to make a dog to crow like the cock Or to make the fish the fish in the river to fly in there it is their nature to swim that nature is their righteousness what is particular and peculiar about a person i don't want to flood this issue when we come to god's righteousness i'm going to show you 15 things i'm going to see scriptures hallelujah okay let's go into scriptures in order to substantiate the word the lord is saying us hallelujah in Exodus chapter 3, Moses made a request from God he said God I've been working with you for some time now I want to see you and God said something to him and if by the grace of God we are able to see those things God said to him will you understand what we mean by righteousness Exodus 33 Hallelujah Glory be to God forever you're going to read from 18 to 20 and he said I beseech thee Show me thy glory, Moses asking God, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Watch. Moses seek to know the glory of God. And the word glory means Shekinah. Okadosh. Or Okadosh. Or Kadosh or Kadosh simply means the worth of a man. The estimation of a man. The summation of a man. The net worth of a person. He said, show me your Kadosh. Let me see the weighty side of you. And God said, look. You ask for what I am, what I have, my estimation, my valuable looks. Something is more important than this. I will not show you what I am. I will show you who I am. In other words, God knows that if we can grasp who He is, it will enhance our trust in Him. Never mind, this was after the encounter in order. When God had told him, I am the righteous God. I am that I am. I can't change. I'm consistent. Oh, glory be to God. I am not irrational. I'm unaffected by circumstance, by the weather condition. I am not under pressure. Nothing affects me. You can bank on me. At any time, you can come into my presence. I am what I am. So, experientially, Moses had encountered, and I have been convinced God had backed him up by divine enablement. He has taken those millions of Jews out of Egypt. Now they are in the wilderness, and God has been dealing with them and he wants to know the worth of this god that has the capability to keep millions of people in the desert or several hundreds of thousands of people i so now i want to see your worth i'm going to look what matters in your dealing with me is not to see what i'm worth you know there are people who are very nice who are very wealthy but they are criminals they are cheats they are deceits. sometimes they go a popular kidnapper in Nigeria I've forgotten his name I would have mentioned it very prominent man, was a billionaire but what does he do? he kidnaps people and calls the family to ransom he has wealth if you look at his cars not, 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 not quite long another man was apprehended who is a is a fraudster. He had billions in his accounts. They are worldly people. And before then, he had been flaunting his cars, flaunting his property. All he stole, they are his glories. But God said, look, there is something far more beyond what a man is to show as what he possesses. You have got to check the nature, who that person is. So God, by way of correcting Moses and correcting us, that we should not be swayed by what we see. We should not be deceived by the words of the people. The life of a man is not containing what he is or what he has. What matters is who he is on the inside. And that is why when God wants to change the human race, he first focused on the being of a man. He changed man from the inside out. He didn't improve. He didn't add to the natural deposits. He didn't pump more, more money in the universe. The problem of man is the being. And God said, look, it is not my glory that matters in this case. It is who I am that matters. And I'm going to show you this side of me. Hallelujah. I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will demonstrate to you all that I am and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy God said, look, I can show mercy on people I can't display my wealth as I like I can use my power I can prove to you I can change your status overnight but I don't do that first I want to get to know me first know my kind of a person Know what makes me up. Know my faithfulness. Walk with me progressively. Be consistent with me. See who I am. Then you can be all out for me. Do you think Matthias are stupid to lay down their lives to die? They touch a side of God. Not, not An ordinary person have not come across. That is God's righteousness. Hallelujah. have not even touched the matter because I still want to take you through some key concepts before we enter into the flood that God cannot feel it's not just crazy to answer your prayer so you can stop disturbing him he wants to establish a relationship and it's faithful to keep on he's a committed friend hallelujah Glory be to God forevermore. Verse 29. And it said, Thou canst see my face, for there shall no man see me and leave. And the Lord said, There is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon the rock, and it shall come to pass. While my glory passeth, by that I will put in the cleft of the rock and I will cover thee with my right hand while I pass by, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my jack, my back part, but my face thou shalt not see. Now let's go to um chapter 34. Now the story continues in chapter 34. Then we're going to read from verse 5 to 8. Now, eventually, God kept him in the rock, and God wants him to see him. You can't see all the reasons, God. Like the composer said, there are depths of love that I may not see till I cross the narrow road. There are depths in God we can't see, but we can know certain things about Him. Hallelujah! Bless God forevermore. I have a faithful God that cares about me. Little wonder the apostle says, You can't. Cast your care, cast your concerns, cast your burden upon him, for he cares. He cares. He that does not spare his son, he cares. Matthew chapter 5, verse six Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you don't purge off your heart from those that are crowding it, that are standing in the place, you will not see God as he is. And if you cannot see God as he is, you won't relate to them well. Hallelujah. Now, from verse 5, 34 chapter thirty-four, verse five, chapter thirty-four, Exodus, chapter thirty-four, verse five to eight, and the Lord descended eventually in the cloud and stood with them, and they proclaimed the name of the Lord. Watch it. Hmm. He wants to see the glory. God said, "You will not see the glory; you will see the goodness, and in the goodness, you will see a name." What is a name? An identity. You will pick an identity by which you can address, And that becomes our anchor. If you don't spend the Old Testament, they will have an encounter and they say, hey, it's Jehovah Roy. I thought that they said, Jehovah Shama. I thought that they said, Jehovah they denu. they said Jehovah There are dimensions in God. They came at this dimension each time. Jehovah Ebenezer. For now, it's no longer Jehovah it's Jesus. Glory be to God. And we can so depend on these promises. Second Peter chapter 2. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, by which also he has given us exceeding and great promises by de- that by them we will be partaker of his nature. The essence of God is to inject in us his nature because when man fell, that nature was taken away. This is just stimulation. We've not even started a discourse at all. You not started to discuss. Boy, you have to find out God. And if there's anything you have to know about Him, you have to know that He's a faithful Father. He cares. Be restful. Stop running a task There is a Father the earth is the lord and the food the the water everything that is in it he has established it upon the water who will go to the uh, to, to the only E either as a king and on a pure earth everything belongs to god if you cannot say that heavenly father then you can say all things he holds the cover on thousands of mountains who don't have ownership he can bless you a thousand times oh, but boy does not do that except he reveals himself first you must know his person because he has a personality hebrews chapter one the three is the image of the invisible god the express is the image of the is the image of the invisible god the brightness of his image let me quote let me quote i don't want to quote from out. Uh, these i'm loving scriptures i don't like it Hebrews chapter, th- chapter 1, verse 3. Let's see what the scripture says so that I won't just blab it. Is this discipline, we call scriptures rightly. Who being, that is Christ being, the brightness of his glory. That is, this God is a God of glory. And we cannot see how radiant. How illuminating this God is except you have a look at Christ. Christ is what a bright the, the glory is bright, but nobody can look at the glory. The only way we can look at this glory is to look at Christ. And as a matter of fact, this is, is a revelation. Because all through the Old Testament, whenever God appears to Moses in the wilderness, he appeared in the glory cloud. But God was not cloud. He has a personality. But the right of the says, look, that bright, that, 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 that cloud of glory you are saying was Christ. He has come to express what that cloud of glory is. And behind that cloud of glory is the person of God. He is the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person. God has a personality, you have to know. And one of it is what we are dealing with today is righteous. And the context of scriptures, righteousness means God is faithful. He is who He is. By all standards, the government policies does not affect Him. Economic policies does not affect Him. Educational policies does not affect Him. Government and nations and conventions and, 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 and political conventions and constitutional conferences does not affect Him. Psalm chapter 2, the Bible says, Why does the nation rage and the people plant vain things? The nations come together to plant against the anointed and he that sits on the throne laughs at them. Nothing affects him. Nobody can threaten him. He's unchangeable. Hebrews chapter 12, by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. And by this you have a strong consolation. There is a consolation by the immutability of God. what does it mean of immutability, unchangeability and what does it mean to be unchangeable it means to be righteous to be who you are all the time and what you want to check the nature of god the righteousness of god we have said the righteousness is the value of a man is the character of a man the behavioral pattern of a man is what a man is all the time regardless of what is happening around him that nothing affects him that he is not overcome by the situation around him by the attitude by the disposition by the habit by the circumstance by the influences around him but by who he is he's so guarded so protected so so preserved that nothing influences who he is from ages past Little wonder in Malachi chapter 3, he told the the, the sons of of of, of Jacob, he said, I am the Lord, I change north. That is why you are not consumed. His situation has changed him. The attitude of Nebuchadnezzar, the Assyrians, the Syrians, and those. Arab nations, who were the enemies of the nations of Israel, had actually uh, affected God, they would have wiped out Israel. But because God had never changed his policies. Why are we doing this? Why we can depend on him the more. He can be trusted. Regardless of what you are badly with finance, health, relationships, delay, God is consistent. God is faithful. Hallelujah! He is. I know He is. Hallelujah! He is faithful. We six. We are still in chapter thirty-four, Exodus. And the Lord passed by right before him and proclaimed, "The Lord, the Lord God, watch the Lord." Now the Lord is the owner. He's the owner of all this. The Lord God, the Lord Almighty, merciful. Check those words now. This God spelling out Himself, showing Moses who He is. Now, you want to see my glory? God said, Look, what matters is not seeing my glory, it is knowing who I am. I said, Look, I am the Lord God. I hold all things, all power belongs to me. Nothing affects me. I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am God Almighty. You can trust me. Nothing affects my. Paul is my nature. i'm the lord i'm jehovah that's another word for lord the existing one the one that cannot change i'm the lord the lord god the lord god the lord hell the mighty one but i'm not presenting the mightiness of me to you i want to see the most consistent of me which is that i am merciful now let's see how god splitted himself how god explained himself he said look the lord when the lord god passed by before him and proclaimed the lord the lord god merciful this is god he is merciful and gracious and long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth keeping mercies for thousands forgiving iniquities transgression and sins and will by no means clear the guilty now watch this and that's why when we come to the gospel, we have come under a rare influence god said look there's something about me i am so consistent when you wrong me i will ensure that you are dealt with but we found grace that no longer does god dealt with us that wrongs he had laid all the offenses on christ so we can be ways and see ways. We seven. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sins, that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, under the third and the fourth generation. Okay, let's see Psalm 86, verse 15. Psalm 86, verse 15. We want to see the attributes of God, which is his nation. But thou, O Lord, I go full of compassion. Now we are checking God's traits. God's righteousness. Hallelujah. But our whole Lord are a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and in truth. That's your God. That's righteousness. It can't change for any reason. Okay. I haven't said that. we can begin to see that other words for righteousness means behaviors, norms, culture, practices, character, good morals, which are included in the scriptures we've read, faithfulness, mercies, consideration, truth, truth is one of them. And that tells us something. All these concepts the philosophers have come about and they are trying to, to to research into such as truths the nature of truth conditions of truth integrity purity diligence honesty all those things they are just mere concept but they are reality man begins to search after them because that was what they lost and by their power they cannot hold on because they are righteousness they are, they are what make man to be who he is, but man has not the power. But it's in this in, in Christ our restlessness. Over becoming a better person, over becoming somebody well trained, well cultured, is in Christ. This restlessness is cured. Education is a result of man's fault. Science is the result of man's four Moral failures, terrorism, rape, drug, kerosene, partying, wild partying, indiscipline. All evils that permeate our society are called on righteousness. They are the opposite of who God is. And the only way we can get them out is not to institute or enact laws against them. Christ is the solution. Now, why was the law introduced? That's another issue I want to raise. Why was the law introduced? Hmm. Because of lawlessness. What is lawlessness? Sin is lawlessness, transgression of the law. when man casts off the restraint of God. Where man gives no regard to his conscience, gives no regard to to his inclinations, to his impressions. Although he sees what is good, but there's something on the side of him driving him against his own will. in first timothy also we read that the law is made for criminals for haters of god to bring them to correction it's not meant for the righteous because the righteous man is a man who ought to be as he is is a man in his real nature who had been reinstated restored restituted and restored in God so when God introduced the law to Moses it was a way to make man to come into the consciousness of who he is because uh, until the law was introduced man did not come into consciousness of the evil in his being Apostle Paul described the nature of man after the fall that nobody seeks God, no, not one. Their image is darkened. Their truth is like a, a, like a white sepulchre. They did not seek God. That is the nature of man, that is humanity. So when God chose so call abraham and sample him as an individual amongst the nations of the earth and 400 years later he gave them laws he gave them the laws to make man to see his utter failure in order to see the need to depend on the almighty and cry for the almighty in order to make you see that what god was this not a thing of morals whenever a man fails to meet the mark or to eat the targets, or to make the claim of justice by the law, he has to be atoned for spiritually. The blood has to purify him. If the laws are moracles, there will not be need for purification. So what calls for the need of man is man declination, is man deprivation, is man degradation, is man falling apart, falling out of God's intention. Man has been diffused. Of God's nature. It can't be as God is, and because it can't see as God is, it can't it can't be like God. The Bible says to him that is clear, everything is clear, but to him that is corrupt, nothing is pure. The apostles, right? The conscience has been defiled, and that's why people have addiction, struggling over smoking. Today they make a decision, hey, I don't want to smoke again. And they do everything possible. They take away everything around them that will sensitize them to smoking. And for some weeks they can do that. And after a few weeks or two or so, or maybe a month, they go back to that thing. God, there is no will. There is a power that is just man. And that power is in the gospel. Romans chapter 1. Let's see what Apostle Paul writes. Romans chapter one 16 and 17 For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God oh it is God's enablement I like how NLT puts say it is God's at all it is the power of God KJV said to salvation to save a man to deliver a man from that which is making him a slave of his habit a slave of his addiction a place of, of his mannerism is God's power. So, when a man listens to the gospel and responds to it by submitting to the Lordship of Christ, he comes into this reality. Now, that's not where I'm going. The power of God to salvation for every man who believes. For the jews first and for the Greeks, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by that. Watch this. It is in the gospel, the good news, the power of God is released. And the power is released not to prove God as a powerful God. No, the power is released to deliver a man from himself. So what else man born is powerful than man. So God had to use his own infinite power to release man so that man will know who he is. The Bible says, in the ghost with the power of God released, that man can see the nature of God. Actually, that scripture is in it. The righteousness of God is revealed. Now, the righteousness of God—they are It, it, how God is—is revealed to us. So the gospel is the revelation of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Lord cannot free you. In fact, it was simply because there there are criminals in the world. Because man's nature cannot be tamed. I would have loved to see a scripture in testimony, Timothy. But let's continue. Maybe later. How did God intend to make man right? Since man is corrupt. Since man had fallen off grace. By the law. Initially before Christ came by the law. By which law? By the law he gave to Moses. Meanwhile, the law is spiritual, and man asks law to what do make him live by the law. God wants to make man to be right by the law. So he introduced the law to Moses. But because man has lost that which can empower him to comply to the, to the law. Why does he need to comply? Because the law has spiritual calls. They are not just logics, they are not just compilations of do and don'ts. Romans chapter 7, Apostle Paul explained this in details. Man is sold on that carnality that this is moved by what he sees. He is moved by what he feels, he is moved by his senses. But the law is just spiritual things. He grabs and explains spiritual realities. And when it is released, it's released to make connect to spiritual realities. And because man becomes a dual nature, he is a carnal person, he is a spiritual person, he could not comply. So the law does not work. The law was introduced so that transgression can increase how has man strived to make himself acceptable to God a man three ways over the years in his conscience man wants to be good like apostle Paul said man wants to maintain a conscience that is free of guilt towards God and man but we can never see god the problem is not trying to do something good the problem is that you have to see the god whom you came from before you can be good so by trying to maintain a conscience free of guilt before god and man he thinks he will be made right and that was who job was I want to see that very soon. He was following the integrity of his heart. Whenever his sons go and he goes there to sacrifice. He does not want anything to stand in between him and God. But the other side is Abraham. He was not even trying to please God. God called him out of adultery. So we are two classes of people will Try to please God on the basis of his works, on the basis of, of his good deeds, on the basis of morality, on the basis of, 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 of his conscience. And this other person is observing, is working with God on the basis of his relationship. But funnily, God declared Abraham righteous by believing those things he tells him. But we never read that God declared you Righteous. At the end of it, God even scolded him and asked him to pray. So the law I be man means another way a man had tried to to get along with God or please God is through adherence to moral and spiritual laws. But in Romans chapter twelve, chapter three, Apostle Paul argues that if a man keeps all the laws and fails in one, he can't then be perfect, and if he's not perfect, he's guilty of all. There is no one that would have read scriptures. James 2, in James chapter 2, James chapter 2, I think chapter 2, yes, chapter 2, tells us that if a man keeps the whole law and falls, one, he has fought it all. So because man does not have the capacity to add painstakingly without any flaw, toward the law, the law becomes difficult for him, becomes a difficult means by which he can be accepted to God. Why? Because that he has lost the, na- the nature of God. His perception of God is perverse and corrupted. And that has affected his attitude. He believes God cannot answer his prayers. You know we have people like that. That they have seen if they pray God will not hear them. And before, because of that they stay out of the presence of God. That's a wrong ideology. You yeah. are accepted in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 or so. So we accepted, and we should praise him by whom we accept it number three ways man try to please god is through religion they praise after the unknown god they they cry they they they, 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 they seek means and mediums through occult, through satanism, through any means by which they can reach out to spiritual beings. They seek mediums. Because they felt an emptiness, there is a restlessness that knowledge cannot satisfy, that science cannot satisfy, that education cannot satisfy, that parenting, that marriage cannot satisfy, that nothing, politics, power, faith. There's a vacuum only God can fill and now he has filled it for those of us who have received Christ but one of the things we are seeing is that no longer is God revealing his righteousness we have become that righteousness you have become who he is and we can be so sure that this God we are dealing with is ever committed to us come with me Hallelujah. We have not said comparing scriptures. We have only seen the etymology. And now we've seen the context. Okay. Now let's see the failure of the law. Man is spiritual, his problems are not they are spiritual too. There is an element in him which makes it very impossible for him to be like his Maker. The law cannot take it away. Morals cannot take it away. His conscience cannot take it away. His adherence to courts cannot take it away. Religion does not take it away. Religion makes it more glaring. Rights and rituals can't take it away. Sacrifices cannot take it away. But Christ took it away. Hallelujah. The cross took it away. And that was why in the gospel God makes us right. And he reveals himself also. So what has God revealed himself? He has revealed himself as a righteous father. A merciful father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has revealed himself as a merciful father. We've read that in Exodus chapter 3 and 34. He does not want anybody to suffer. He does not want you to struggle. He does not want you to be in pains. You just have to align yourself. You have to see that he's a good God. And that's the goal of the psalmist, when he writes to us. You want to see how God deals with those people. That he does not count our iniquities against us. He loves you. He cares for you. That each time you come to him, he takes you. Christ said, whoever comes to me, I will not buy me. Cast out. Including you. You know those problems you have. You have them because you want to be independent of God And the way God has fashioned you He has created you to ever be dependent on Him So when you try going off Being dependent on Him You fall into problems And that's your problem So God is not interested in killing you Meanwhile, the reason why you don't get along Because you are not interested in Him you don't prioritize relationship with them. You are concerned that hey, Mister A is not getting along with you. Hey, you have quarrel with this. You. you are concerned with getting along with your friends. You can spend hours with them, but you can't spend minutes with God. You can spend time doing this, talking on what happens within the neighborhood, what is going right in the nature, but you can't spend time to spend to, to study the word of God. I said the devil is is attacking you, or things are not moving well. How would they move well? How will they move well? Which business have you ever known? Who is prosperous in his business? Who does not give time to it? How I say you have a relation with God and you don't spend time with him? So if you want to make something meaningful out of your work with God, you've got to develop time. I want to run up very soon. Yeah. Now let's look at how God initially wants to bring man with him. I'll quickly run through it. How God initially wanted to bring man to the consciousness of his own spiritual depravity. You see, when man sinned, and he was sent out of the presence of God, the reality of his eternal dimension did not even dawn on him. That we lost God, we never knew we lost anything. And that's why a man on the street does not see God, does not even see the need of God. His ideology of God, that God is vital, God is a righteous man, he does not need somebody like him. He believes that he's sober, let him be bad and let God be the good he is. That's the devil's ideology. No, God wants to be like you, like he is. And he has made that available already. He's not going to do that. He had done it. So you are the one to see who God is and come into it. So, let's quickly look at how God initially wanted to bring man to the consciousness of his own spiritual depravity and that was by the law hallelujah by the law he called abraham to be different to be a different man on the earth to prove to man that he is interested in them, regardless of their disposition, regardless of where they are, regardless of their commitment, regardless of their sins, regardless of idolatry. Abraham's, Abraham's father was an idolatry. They were stalking idol worshipping and God called him despite this idol worshipping. So what is bringing the separation between God and man is not what your disposition or preoccupation is, it's that you have not actually single. God, you are not responding to his offer, which is grace. And the fact remains that before you sought God, he has sought you. And Abraham was the first fruit of those God brought to himself. And God made him to realize that in working with them, you don't need effort. All you have to do is to believe. And Abraham believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness. Romans chapter 4 verse 3, Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. He was not laboring. He was not trying to change his course of conduct. He was not trying to make new resolutions in order to be accepted. No, it's not what you do that makes you accepted. It is you receiving what God had provided and offered. Abraham responded to the offer, I will make you great. I will multiply and say, I believe, I comply. And that becomes a nature of anyone that wants to work with God. Meanwhile, on the other hand, we saw Job. And God allowed Job to be a model of those who strive in their own efforts to be approved, righteous by God. Meanwhile, no man can merit the relationship with God except God himself reveals himself. Job chapter 4, verse 1 to 9. Job chapter 4. Let's see Job's story. Strive. Strive it. To be right. And that's by his rights. See what became of him. Christ said, Nobody can come to the Father except the Father you. So don't to labor. Job chapter 4, from verse 1 to 9. And pass, the Timonites, the answered and said, If one, one attempts a war with you, you will become weary. But what can we told himself from speaking? Surely you have instructed many, and you have strengthened weak hands. Your word have obtained him who was stumbling, and you have strengthened the feeble news. But now it comes upon you, and you are weary. It touches you, and you are troubled. It's not your reverence, your confidence, and the integrity of your ways, your hope remember now whoever perished being innocent or where were the upright ever cut off even as i have seen those who ploy iniquity and so trouble the same. by the blast of god they perish and by the breath of his anger they are consumed what the scripture tells us all job was doing is to prove to his friend that he can be morally perfect and because it's morally perfect, he talks certain things you know. You know, sometimes we are quick to judge. Because if somebody on your spiritual bed is sick. And you begin to ask, does he not have faith? Where is his faith? How can he allow the devil to? You don't talk that way. You have got to align yourself. It's not by effort. In, it's not by the work of righteousness which we have done That he saved us by He saved us out of his own mercy Not by deeds Not by our own struggles Now, by the way, let's see, what is the law? First Timothy chapter 1 We are going to read from 8 to 11 First Timothy chapter 1 8 to eleven what is it the law First Timothy chapter one 8 to eleven but we know that is but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. we want to understand the scope of the law. knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous man, But for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers, of mothers and murderers of, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for womongers for them that defy themselves with mankind for menslayers for liars for pejorous persons and if there be any other thing that is contrary to the sound doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed god which was committed to my trust this is a problem common to man and it's called unrighteousness is the reason why god gave moses the law so that these things can be checked man never saw it to be something evil but that god brought the law so that man can see that this is evil and since man cannot even constrain it, cannot even stop from doing it, God introduced the gospel. And all these together, we saw from the scriptures is what we call unrighteousness. Let me show you two more scriptures. Galatians chapter three, verse nineteen. Wherefore then, savage the law? it was added because of transgressions because of sin till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator can you see that the law was given by angels angels detected those laws by mediator Moses and it was given because of transgressions Amongst men For it does not solve the the, the problem The law was given So a man can come to God Now let's read from verse 21 now is the law then again the promise of God God forbid for if there had been law, If there had been a law Given which could have given life Verily righteousness should Have been by the law So righteousness is not that thing that come by the law It's not by the do and don'ts it can be imputed it can be accredited to you that you don't do it but on behalf of god and what christ has done it can be said you have done it and christ has done this for us already that we are made righteous we are as god is the essence of righteousness is to free a man from his sin to make him to be who he ought to be and empowers him not to go back to the sin that had him bought. So the blood of Christ made the atonement and his nature, which is righteousness, gives us that we are as he is. Now let's read verse 23 and 24. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should after all be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after the faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. For you are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So why was the law given? The law is to reveal your inadequacies to you so that you can see the need for God. So if you are crying that all your efforts all the while are not brought about any successful results, then you should know that that thing cannot help you. The only person you can talk to is God. Your health is declining. The doctor to- told you they can't help you. You should have known that the only place to talk to is God. The law is giving so that man can see their own limitation and see the unlimited strength in God. Now let me show you another scripture because time may not permit me. Romans chapter one. We're going to go back to that of uh, chapter chapter one. Let's go back to seventeen. Okay, we want to see the righteousness of God. Uh, you're going to read from. 28 now because of the time you're going to read 28 also or should i read from learn from 21. okay let's draw from 20. well let me read from start from 19. Mm. okay let's read from that 17 so we can see the old scriptures you have seen the righteousness of god i want to understand what unrighteousness is and these are spelled out in scriptures and why we are seeing this to see the faithfulness of the Father. And you know, these main teachings is to make us see God's faithfulness. My old main target is the Old Testament. Maybe when we come to discuss in the next time, we are going to see that. We have not been able to touch the climbers. But let's say the scriptures are very important equally. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For daring is the righteousness of God revealed. Hallelujah. In the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. So when a man comes to Christ, he knows God. He sees God. He knows how to relate with God. He sees the gospel we know who God is and how we can relate with him. And by that gospel, we are made right also. Okay? From faith to faith as it is written the judge shall I live by faith for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who all the truth of who all the truth in unrighteousness. righteousness you know word? the righteousness is truth anything that is plain and that is sincere and that is of good report that is righteousness truth so God is provoked and is mad at the human man because they want to suppress the truth, which is God. Verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has sold it unto them. other words, righteousness is that which may be known of God. The attributes of God. The consistent side of God. Now read on, For the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clear of sin. Being understood by the things that are made, even the satanic power, and God, so that they are without excuse. In other words, God's righteousness or righteousness is the person as he is. And what is sin? Sin is negating is man in opposition to who had made him. because that when they knew god they did not glorify him as god so everybody knows there is god even the sinners but they just felt He's just a pure god and they are important He should be one side they should be there on their own side you have his own carcass you have his own carcass and god said that attitude even when you isolate yourself away from god and you didn't do anything bad is unrighteousness so righteousness is man's dependence on God. So being independent of God is unrighteousness. And here Apostle Paul said that that is knowing God and not recognizing Him as God. Recognition as God is not going to church. It's not fasting. It's not paying offerings. It's being in attachment, being in alignment, not in opposition to God. Because that when they knew God, they did not glorify him, as God neither were thankful, but became vain in their own imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools, and change the glory of the uncorrupted God into an image made like like to corruptible man, and to bears and four-footed bees, and crippled things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That is unrighteousness. Uncleanness, lost inordinate affections, desires that are not in line with God, dishonor of God, dishonor of one's body, changing the truth of God into a lie. Who worship the creature more than the Creator? Who is blessed for heaven? How do you worship the creature? We value, we celebrate, we we, we appreciate, we idolize all the things. We idolize worlds we worship worship. We worship entertainment. We worship fashion. We worship beauty. We are driven by how we look on the outside. We never pay attention to who we really need to be. Hallelujah. And that's why we can't see God to be a faithful father. That's why we can't trust him. Because you have this hatred, ethos of God. Apostle Paul described the righteous. So anything that is outside and aside who God is, or that which is known of God, is not of God. Now, because of that, let's jump twenty nine. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornications, and Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, maddening. Malignity, back biters haters of God, deceitful, proud, bolsters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affections, implacable or merciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only as do same, but that are pleasures in them. Now, all of these two read God is the opposite, and that's what we call righteousness of God God does not buy bad God is not an eater of people He does not despite anybody God is not proud God is not a boaster God is not an inventor of evil things Pains is not an inventor it's not disobedience to our requests it's not disobedience to any law he creates law and does not conduct himself so to, to, to law laws to contradict himself it's not a covenant breaker he has a natural affection for us he's Placable, he's merciful. So all that God is telling us to run away from is who He is. He's not just giving us do and don't. He's expelling out who He is. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all that heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul, and thou shalt love your neighbour as yourself. And later we read it from the book of God's law. So where goes thou shalt love? He said, "This is me." So God's righteousness, who God is. you know we have spoken so much on god's stuff. even if god is not righteous his love will be dangerous will not be dependable if somebody that's that, that came to you know he is a, he's a dupe he had duped somebody and he tells you want to strike a dupe with him and he tells you that he's going to give you 70 percent as good or take give you 30 percent even if he were to be serious with that deal he won't trust him because you know that it's not a dependable person but if you had been a person that have been very sincere in all his dealings. Even if he comes and tells you that it's every seven percent is given thirty percent, we trust him because he is dependable. So the love of God, we come to trust him. We don't trust him because it has much in stuff or, but we trust him because God is faithful to whatever deals he strikes with man. So the credibility of God's law is rooted in his righteousness. So righteousness is all. Just so like say, integrity matters. Nobody wants to deal with a man without integrity even lacks integrity no matter how brilliant his offer no matter how promising his business is no matter how 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 um good the deal he wants to strike with you don't want to deal with him so god knowing that to ensure that above all things he presents to us he presents the fact that they cannot fail so why are we scared we can't trust him so in essence the law is not just moral codes they are spiritual codes they are encoded so that for the first time after the fall man can see his own utter failure and then see god's outstretched arm calling him and all we read from romans chapter 1 28 to 36 is the opposite of righteousness it's called unrighteousness so the law is god's righteousness encoded it reveals how pure and plain god is why do you think god asks the jews to allow strangers and treats them well when they journey with them during the exodus because god is love so god's aim for giving the law amongst other things can be stated in the three number one to demonstrate his righteousness number two to make man see his deprivation his emptiness and to crave for more of him and number three to provide an avenue by which man can create a relationship with him so that he can rightfully represent him well as he initially intended in genesis chapter 126-28 how we shall look at God's righteousness how we shall look at God's righteousness forth. that is God's offer I'm going to stop here but I'm trusting the Holy Ghost to give us a way to round it up appropriately so we can pray of all that is said you have got to know that righteousness is not doing things rightly it is equity it is justice it is god's faithfulness god's righteousness is god's way of doing things it is god's manner of life which is revealed in how He deals with the people so god's righteousness is god's dealing with those people and it includes God's defense God's faithfulness God's justice God's divine mercy which make him come to your rescue whenever you need him to rescue you it is God's means of declaring the guilty guiltless on his own account it is that which makes God to stand for the deliverance of the oppressed how do I come to conclude on this Fault of righteousness because of the etymology a man as he ought to be in the state he ought to be is dick dick uh what do you call it Decaenus. that's righteousness So, righteousness is often associated with God's act, God's care, God's intervention, God's rescue mission. For instance, in Psalm 103 to Psalm 107, we have have a presentation of God's dealing with the nation of Israel. That despite their hardness of heart, despite their stubbornness, God did not. Them off. Each time they come back, he comes back with his open arms to receive them. Despite that he, he cared for them, he caused water to go out in the desert for them. He catered for them, he fed them, he never let them felt hungry because of the coming out with the father. Yet they abused him. In some 107, Psalm 108, we, we read how God puts things in, in nature for everyone to benefit. So we can't feel any lack. He had put enough in nature. If you is that he is our political leaders, they are not doing uh, equal distribution of, of the national resources. But all you have to call upon is God. The earth belongs to God, not your political leaders. And that's why I like Psalm 108, verse 1. After telling all the stories of what God had done for the children of Israel and how God had been faithful, that portion received, My heart is fixed, O oh Lord. My heart is fixed. What fixed is heart is that he had been able to see God's righteousness, God's in seasoned commitment. Let's end up with that, Sam. As we see that God's righteousness is God's dealing with the nature of Israel and with us, is that of deliverance and all is benevolence is a whole associated with his righteousness so uh we do that very quickly uh, as we round off some 108. now i haven't described all that god had done for the nation the writer of the book of um, psalms begins to say his heart is now fixed on what god had done that he cannot take a rest in what god had done so one of the reasons why we are doing this we are taking a study of the book of psalms in the next study, we are going to look at the book of psalms you see how god kept them when they wandered in the wilderness in the desolate place when they found no city to dwell in when they were hungry and thirsty when they are so fainted when they cried to god and god delivered them and after delivering them they will still leave god you see, God still coming back to them, the back of them. It's just how loud God is. It does not only describes God's love, it also describes God's commitment, God's integrity, God's righteousness. And God admit us this that we become someone that is an answer to people who are hungry, who are crying. After all these miracles, this name, God's commitment, this name, God's righteousness. Psalm 108 now says, Oh God. My heart is now steadfast. I will sing and give praise, even with the glory. I will and up, I will awaken the down. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches the cloud. Be exalted, O Lord, above the heavens, and your glory above all the earth. For your beloved may be the that your beloved may be delivered save with your right hand and hear us so god is faithful your heart now feed on this and fix on this thing if god had done that for those who had gone ahead of us we can be sure that He can do that for us so can you open your hand and say father thank you for your faithfulness thank because you are righteous I appreciate you father for righteousness come on worship god thank you father for righteousness you are great for heaven you are great for heaven thank you because you love us so much in jesus mighty name amen father thank you for this time once again you have shown us from your word that come what may we are committed to us. That nothing on earth should make us to be bothered about how we are going to sustain. Lord, we trust you. We want to build our faith by those things you've done in the past. And help us, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.